0: welcome back you are now tuned in to the prayer is breathing podcast my name is latoya i want to thank you for listening and for subscribing so today, I want to talk to you about overcoming depression. Last Sunday, October third, I hosted an event called Revival Nights, and we had a guest testimony by Charisma Kennedy. I also did a live interview with her on Facebook, and I want you to listen in as we discuss overcoming depression. Start with everybody's favorite question, which is, "Tell us a little bit about yourself." I know that question is so broad. But tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, your family,
1: things like that. Um, so I am originally from Wilson, North Carolina. Um, I am a graduate of UNC Pembroke. So when I went to UNC Pembroke, I you know, stayed around there in the Fayetteville, Pembroke area. And that's where I met my husband. I'm at UNC Pembroke, so we stayed there. And then we migrated to um, Charlotte, North Carolina, maybe about two years ago. Actually, two years would be in February that we've been in Charlotte. So I am a mother, I'm a wife, I'm God's girl. Um, I'm a servant. Yeah, that's me. And I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I have a online boutique of uh, a uh, beauty supply store called Charm Your Roots, where um, I sell edge control and hair growth oil. So yeah, but the main thing is I'm on fire for God and, and you know, all that he has for me. You can share with us, when did you first begin to notice depression um i think i started to notice depression more so um throughout high school and college but i really didn't have a label to put on it i was just knew that i wasn't myself most of the time but when i was really able to put a label on this after um, i gave birth to kinsley um i dealt with postpartum depression um and you know if you many that don't know postpartum depression is usually after you give birth you know a hormonal Imbalance that takes over the body, and and it just can. A lot of women deal with it after having a child. So I dealt with it then for the most part when I can identify what darkness really was for me. But it also brung going through that place also brung back the other things that I was going through, other things that I was supp- I had suppressed for so long. Added on top of that postpartum depression. Um, Doctors would say that postpartum depression really only lasts a year. And after a year, you're just going through depression. So I kind of still navigated through that after that, Um, when my doctors would say, no, you just, after that year, you're just really going through depression and try to put a handle on that then. So I just, I really identified it after I had Kinsley. Mm, Okay.
0: When you say that you were not yourself, what does that mean? Were you like sleeping more? Did your personality change? Kind of what made you feel like you weren't yourself?
1: Just, I am a, you know, I'm, I'm quiet around a lot of people, but when I get to know you, I really open up. A lot of people might not believe that, but I do. So I, I just was just, I really didn't have much to say around a lot of people. I was just dark. Um, I slept a lot. My thoughts began to consume me. Uh, I had suicidal thoughts. I had a lot of thoughts that were going through my mind. Um, and I just didn't know how to, to verbalize them. So I, I sat in them, I suppressed them. I did a lot of other things to kind of like consuming those thoughts to make me feel better. So I just knew that it was just when days were were light outside, no matter what I did, I was dark. It was just a dark place for me, overall through, throughout the entire journey. That's when I knew that um, something wasn't right. I knew that I couldn't articulate my feelings and I knew I couldn't put words to what I was feeling, but I just knew that I was in a dark place. Okay. I would like to add that you are
0: actually hilarious. I think you are so like, you are so funny to me. Um, you're just naturally hilarious. I would like to add that as far as your personality. <laughs> so, all right. So that's kind of what depression looked like for you. And I wanted to touch on that just because. I feel like sometimes people don't know what depression is. You know, they kind of recognize that they're not themselves, but not really knowing what that looks like. You know, sometimes just wanting to be uh, sad or in your thoughts or being left alone for long periods of time. I want to say to any believers um, that When you're in that place, it's so good that you have accountability, so good that you have somebody to reach out to, because I think that the enemy would love to gang up on us when we are in solitude, when we're by ourselves for too long. And all of us, we want to be by ourselves at some point in time in our lives. But that part where you find yourself kind of always secluded, always to yourself, you don't talk to anybody. Um, A lot of times that's where we can kind of get beat up by the enemy just on default because we are so alone and by ourselves. And so I often think about there's certain animals where when they're catching their prey, they wait for that one that's lingering behind, that one that's all by themselves. But we're so much more unified and victorious as a pack, as a whole. So we're supposed to lift each other up and encourage each other in the Lord. And so I think that's good to recognize as well. All right, so um, so we talked about that. Tell us about the moment where you felt, I know you talked about having Kingsley and going through postpartum. Tell us the moment where you felt um, that you were at your lowest
1: state. Mm. Um, When I talk about this, I just automatically feel the presence of God on me. I just right, feel yeah. the day that, you know, he delivered me. So yes. um, I think that at my lowest is when I realized that the thoughts that I were having really consumed me and I had to act on those thoughts. Um, I was a cutter, so I, when I began to let those thoughts overpower me, when I felt like I had to do bodily harm to myself was when I knew that I was at my lowest. Um, you know, I grew up in church all my life. My grandma, you know, many stories of I, hearing her pray day in and day out, you know, church was. I had that church background. But I always and people always say, you know, you had church and you had prayer so why did you go 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 through depression? And I knew when I was at that lowest point that I had to know who God was for myself. Um I couldn't rely on what I knew grandma and grandpa and bishop and all of those what they did. I had to rely on God for myself. So at that lowest point when I was starting to let my thoughts consume me, when I was starting to suppress an alcohol, you know, be a cutter, all that stuff. I knew then that I was at the place where I felt like I was at no return. Like I was at rock bottom. I felt I didn't have no other other way to go. I was at the lowest point because I was allowing my thoughts to actually come into fruition into my life. I was actually acting on those things that I thought about. Um, And that's when I knew This is this is this is the rock bottom. This is dark. This is darker than dark. Um, So, yeah, when I was acting on those thoughts that I was thinking. So what would you kind of tell somebody acting on those
0: thoughts? Like somebody that may know that they're dealing with depression, like when you were kind of suppressing things, did you know that was depression that you were suppressing? Or were you kind of just feeling like this is just what I like to do? Or did you realize, hey, I'm actually suppressing how I feel through alcohol
1: or cutting or things like that? Um, at the beginning, no, you know, you just. It's, I think it's just denial when you just want to, you know, do things because you know that's how, that's you feeling better. Um, but then, it's when like like you said, accountability, accountability, when you start to just say, "Charisma, this not right," or whoever you are, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. When when the things that I'm doing to make myself feel better outweigh other things in my life that I'm supposed to do, um, that's when you know that it's just deeper. So no, at first I didn't know that I was just suppressing. I thought I was doing things to make me feel better, but it was just a way of coping and a way of not try- not having to really identify and or come to terms with what I, what i what I was going through um it was a way just to just to sit in it and just to continue to to go through because oftentimes you know when we go through things and we're in that dark place when we know that we're when you hit rock bottom and the only way is up. It's kind of intimidating when you know that you have to come out of it. So it's like somebody that's going through something that really wants help. You know, you're in that you you come you become content in that place, yeah. and it's like. Okay, I have to get help, but this is the place where everybody kind of sees me. So now it's like, I'm coming up. So what does that look like for me? So it's like a fearful state too. So coming through depression, suppressing that, but then knowing what I want and I want to I want to see the light, but now what does that look like for me? That's going to be different. So now I have to walk through that. So it was just coming to terms and saying, Lord, and not even then because I wasn't even calling on God at that point. I was just calling on the alcohol and, and, and the like, just helped me. But I knew that if I had to go forth and to and become who I wanted to be, and at that bottom, everybody saw me. And I knew that I could not be content there. I had to be okay with going up. I had to be okay with loving myself. I had to be okay with loving people around me, because that was the place in my life when, another thing that I knew that I was the at my lowest because I had no love for nobody, not yeah. even myself. I didn't know how to love. I didn't know how to care. I didn't know how to do anything for anybody, anyone. So that was the lowest when I knew, like, the time of my life when I should have been happy. I just had a little girl. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm about to get married. I should be happy, but I can't be happy. Mm-hmm. So that's when I knew for real. So it's just like, you know, and then I didn't find that knowing I have to come up with what that looks like. That's a whole other topic. When you want to be free from something and you're afraid to be free from something because, you know, at the bottom is when you get all the tension and you got to work through that. My God. Amen. Come on here. You about to start a whole nother
0: sermon. That's so good. I I think think we got to touch on that just a little bit because sometimes we can get familiar with even that victim state or that lowly state. I love what you said about when you come up and other people are used to you being down, other people are used to being low. And that goes to so many things, you know, even outside of depression. Like sometimes when you're so familiar with that thing, even if it's a bad thing, you just become accustomed to it. It starts to define who you are. You start to find identity in it. And then other people find your identity in that. So if you smoke a lot, you know, the people that you smoke with, that's your identity. And so when you wanna come up, everybody wants to limit you to who you are, And that can be a fearful thing, I think, to let go of how you've always been and who you've become so that you can be delivered and so that you can um, elevate to where you're actually supposed to be. So that that's really rich charisma. I think that's so good about being willing to leave that place of brokenness, especially when you've been broken or hurt for so long. It's literally like all that
1: you know. And then to, yeah, and then to change and come up from that is amazing. And i think a lot of people today are in that place where they want to be free they want to come out of it but they they've been consumed in that place for so long and and a lot of people can identify with that place it's like you know where we we gain friendship through our traumas and we 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 bond through our traumas so it's like this is a comfortable place for me because everybody that's uh, surrounded by me identifies with my pain But 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 to be t- totally and completely free, you have to come out of that place and, and know like we can't we can't bond off a trauma for us all to grow. We're, we're just sitting here in this place where we're never neither one of us is going to go anywhere. And I think that's the place where a lot of people are. They get to a place where they want to come out, but then they stay consumed there because of the identification of it. But we have to be identified by something new. And depression cannot be what we are. we're identified by and, and where we're trying to go. Mm-hmm so good we bond through our place of trauma jesus help us
0: lord that man that's so rich because that's i mean that's the life that's what we do that's how we live until we receive identity in christ you know until we realize hey uh your bond should not solely be on trauma and i think that's also how when god starts to elevate us we can lose friends or lose people because we bonded <laughs> for the wrong reasons the wrong to start with. And now when you like, hey, I don't want to be in this place of bondage anymore. You feel that friction between people that you've been in bondage with or you that you, you know, have experienced things with. And so that's really, really good. What kind of helped you to let go of that? Let go of, okay, I'm going to lose friends to let go of, you know, this bond or this place
1: where you were and how you identified yourself. What helped you to let go of that? You know, I'm still walking through that today, honestly. But I think it was when I identified my place in God. Like I said, you know, all of my life around me, it's just been, you know, everybody knew God, and I knew God too. But when I really identified God for myself, when I knew His voice in myself, when I was in His face, when I knew that I was a daughter of Him, that's a total different place to be in. Because everybody else identifies you as who you are. You know, charisma, the the. This charisma that charisma that can make everybody laugh charisma this, but who does God say I am? And right. when I know for, that I know that I know that I know who God says I am, it's a different place. And, and it's, it, it hurts when you have to come up, and the people that you trauma bonded with don't see what you see in them. They're still stuck in that prison, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's just so good to know who God says you are, so that you can come up and. and I can say it hurts when you when you're coming up, and, and it's it is friction. But when God says. I am fearfully and wonderfully made when God says who I am. then that's a different level. So it's just walking with God, knowing for sure that God has my back. Mm -hmm. And yes, and when I when you walk in their freedom, who the you know, the Bible says that the uh, says free is free indeed. So when you know that you're free, God says that we're free. So it's just knowing who God says I am. And that was that's the place I had to get to. I had to love everybody all over again. Like I said, I was, I'm walking into marriage and, and I, me we went, I went through depression my first year of marriage. So that was just a whole nother thing. Just walking through that, you know, the first year I was free from depression, my first year of marriage. So still going through that in depression, learning to literally love everything around me all over again. So it was nobody but God. Yeah. No, (laughs) nobody, but God to, to do that. So
0: awesome and then you know i want i want you to talk a little bit more about how you were you know handling marriage and depression because you know there's so many statistics and things around the first year of marriage and that being sometimes the toughest year so going through that and depression but before we get to that i want to say that when you find your identity in god then you're okay with letting go of friends. It's like an even exchange. It's so much harder to let go of people when you don't know who you are. And then equally, you want to hold on to them because they help you to identify who you are. But I think it makes it easier when um, you're able to identify and God shows you who you are in him because sometimes charisma you get talked about. People don't just let you go easily. they will kind of talk about you as you go up. They kind of say stuff like, oh, she thinks she's better than us now because she go to church. she don't smoke no more. She not going to the club or whatever. And sometimes that's very painful because the people that you're closest to and you've experienced so much of life with those same people will talk about you. And it really is like daggers. It can hurt. It can feel very painful at the time. And you're also trying to work through your own salvation and work through your own victory and work through your own freedom. So you know, did you get any kind of backlash when you started to change into the person that you are becoming? Or like you say, you're going through that now? So do you still get any backlash from that? Or are you kind of like, it is what it is?
1: Um I did at first, but it's kind of like, you know, it is what it is. I think that's the safest place to stay with that. <laughs> that is, it, that it is what it is. So, um, yeah, that's the idea, and I'm still going through it. But the Lord is kind, and He, I think, I'm in the, the space now where, um, those people are only going to be able to say that God did it for me. That's mm-hmm. it, and they're going to see that. And that's just the way I try to live, like everything that I do. Like Lord, you do it in me. Like I wanna speak what you speak, say what you say. I wanna like I want to be got people to see the God in me. Like not even I don't want anybody to be able to say anything. It's like, you know, she transitioned how many years ago, but she kept going back and forth. So the I think that's the way to be for friends that are that are not there with you to be able to see consistency. So they're okay. gonna talk, but one thing they, that not they will not be able to say, maybe they say I think I'm better than them because I'm in church, but they'll say that she was consistent. They'll say that she was consistently on fire for God. And that's the only thing that I just wear about me walking straight and then Lord, Lord. Mm-hmm. Amen. The Lord is
0: kind. <laughs> the Lord yeah. is kind the Lord is kind. kind as He, CJ. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Because I think that, uh, the consistency will speak for itself. You know, the consistency of my mind is made up. I'm not turning back. That consistency speaks volumes to, to anybody. So, um, awesome 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 Awesome. so let's talk about that first year in marriage and depression like what kind of did that look like for you and how were you able
1: to kind of come up from that um really my husband and and along with God like he was so patient with me you know he pushed me he he was just there for me so I you know, I think him I thank him all the time in regards to that because I don't I be I, I said to myself, like Lord if I if that was me in that space, how much could I would have handled? Because I was dark, I was quiet, I didn't speak much. So he was really was really my husband in in that entire process. So I thank God for him all the time for that because he literally was my backbone to help push me to, to the light. You know, so I think yeah, he it was hard. The first year was hard. People say the first year of marriage was hard. I don't think that if we would've went through what we went through, it would've been that hard. But it was just that dark place for me that he had to walk through somebody that he, we've been known each other for almost 10 years that he never saw like that. So, you know, him having to understand what that was and walk through that with me, being a new mom, being a new father, being a new husband, but he literally, he kept pushing me. I can never, many days he probably wanted to give up, but he never showed me that. So I thank God for him. he touched it out with he was a soldier for your girl and i know him for that. <laughs> it was down for the ride that's he what was I down mean. for the ride he really showed Did i knew then i was like okay he, he bought what he, what he said at the altar <laughs> for, for better or for worse he showed that through that year so amen wow
0: amen so that's going to be part one of overcoming depression with charisma kennedy be sure to stay tuned for part two next week we covered a lot i want to leave you with the scripture john chapter 8 verse 32 and this is a very powerful verse if you are walking through any places where you need freedom and deliverance i want you to really hold on to this so john chapter 8 verse 32 says and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free and then verse 36 says therefore if the sun makes you free You shall be free indeed. So you don't have to be in bondage to anything. You don't have to be stuck in any area of your life. You can hold on to the word of God. Trust God for your freedom walk in deliverance, walk in victory. And so God bless you. So Father, I pray for every person listening to this podcast, for those that may be struggling with depression. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to push back every form of darkness that may be trying to cloud their mind, their emotions. Oh God, that your presence would just seep in. Your presence would rush in, God, the presence of your Holy Spirit. And so God, I thank you now for deliverance. I thank you now, oh God, for you being the keeper and the lifter of our heads. We love you, God. We bless your name. In Jesus name, we do pray. Amen. Be sure to follow prayers breathing on Instagram. Also stay tuned for part two next week. And if you do not want to wait till next week, you can follow us on Facebook where you can see the entire video live. And that is also at prayer is breathing. God bless you. God keep you. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe and invite others as well.